is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to another edition of Disney at Play. We are so glad you could join us because today we talk about what we love most about Disney's Hollywood Studios. We started this journey way back at Shanghai, went to Hong Kong, went to Tokyo, went to Paris, went to Disneyland, stopped at the cruise line, came to Walt Disney World. We've gone through all of these sessions. I hope you've had a chance to hear them out. It has been, it has carried me through these last couple of months to provide these podcasts and to join with friends to do that. And I appreciate you on the other end listening to these. It has been just the thing that's held me together. And uh, at the time you hear this will be about the same time I will actually be in Disney's Hollywood Studios for its first uh, full day uh, of opening uh, two guests. And so, and we'll have a follow-up podcast on that. In the meantime, we'll have other follow-up podcasts with Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom, if you haven't heard that, and so much more over the days to come. So please be sure to subscribe. Um, to uh, Disney at Work and Play uh, in terms of our podcast. And please be sure to visit us at Disney at Play and DisneyAtWork.com for our posts that uh, uh, we share with these podcasts. So today we're heading to Disney's Hollywood Studios and I am thrilled that I could be joined today with my good friends, Rick and Sherry Williams who I think the last time we were in the park, we were, uh, was the day you were heading to Rise of the Resistance for the first time. Is that correct? Yes, we yes. were with our daughter. Yeah. It was in the dark. It was early, early, early in the morning. And yeah, that's when I usually stalk people is in the dark. So <laughs> yeah. That would be appropriate. And, and, and all of a sudden we bump in, who do we bump? We, we were in line for the other Star Wars. Uh, Star Tours. Star Tours. And lo and behold, there you are in line. And we compared our boarding passes and and you had like four o'clock in the afternoon or some crazy. Yeah, well, I had, I, I was like party 148 or something like that. And you were party 27 or something. And yeah. I said, you know, I can really help you. <laughs> I didn't help you. I actually just combined mine with yours. So... Um, but it's all good. We had a good time. And that, that, that of course, was one of many stockings um, I have done with you uh, over the parks. I think I met up with you at uh, Candlelight Processional and a few other places. So it's all been fun. Um, seriously, though, we are, we're going to go just uh, land by land in the park and just share anything and everything from not just attractions, but retail and food and beverage or just ambiance, entertainment, what you love most about Disney's Hollywood Studios. So it begins on Hollywood Boulevard, leading um, from the entrance all the way up to the great movie ride. And then I'm going to just say, and also uh, next door adjoining at Echo Lake and all around the lake. So in that whole area of the park, what do you enjoy most? What do you love about uh, Hollywood Boulevard and Echo Lake? I like, so the, what's the name of the dinosaur again? I forget the name of the dinosaur. Um, <laughs> you know what? I can't believe you are doing this to me because that is so funny because 
I was thinking about doing this with you and I thought, I wonder if she knows the name of the dinosaur. I forget. I, said, I, can... I forgot the name of the dinosaur. <laughs> and so I looked it up and sure enough, here you are. Bring it to me again. <laughs> well, while you're looking that up. Yeah, please. Um, I enjoy that because it reminds me, I actually love um, Hollywood and Sunset, but we're not talking about Sunset now. All that now reminds me, I grew up, I was born and raised in Southern California. And that all reminds me of, of the- Gertie, 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 I didn't even have to look there it up, go. just in my mind, Gertie. There you go, Gertie, yes. Because um, it reminds me of when I was a kid, once in a while, we, got, we went like twice. Um, I wanna say it's on the way to um, Palm Springs. I could be wrong. But you know, those yes. people, is it Palm Springs? Um, yeah, it's on I-10, the, the dinosaurs on I-10. Yes, I actually have a picture of my brother and I at the foot. And so it reminds me of that. Um, and I know that that was like a kitschy thing to do like in the 50s and 60s and I'm not that old, but we went, <laughs> we went out there and, and we have a picture with me and my siblings there. I was a at teenager the and at the dinosaur. And so, and then the Indiana Jones, you know, that's always lots of fun. Um, you know, the, the, the interaction there. So I love that area because it, it reminds me of home. You know? So I love that you said that. And let me build on that if I can. One of the most precious experiences I had was taking my mother to Disney's Hollywood studios. And she was in her older years. Um, at the time, and she had grown up in Los Angeles as a child in the 30s. Okay. Uh, actually, yeah, 20s going into the 30s. And I remember walking down Hollywood Boulevard and we stopped, she stopped right in front of um, the uh, Celebrity Five and Dime store right there in the middle of Hollywood Boulevard. And she just looked at it, stared at it for a few minutes. And she turned to me and said, that seems so familiar to me. Now, all of the architecture along Hollywood Boulevard and Sunset Boulevard and even out into throughout Echo Lake is actually based on actual buildings in um, throughout the greater Los Angeles area. And in fact, um, in her, uh, one of the, the place to shop on Saturdays was a place called Grand Central. Mm. And it was kind of a big open market as best I could tell. It's actually uh, a place with foodie little restaurants now. It's kind of a trendy little foodie little restaurant place now. Um, but that's where she would shop. When they redid New York Street at Disney's Hollywood Studios, they renamed that boulevard that leads on into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, Grand Central, which also has some uh, draws and ties to, to some of the um, Disney studio uh, offices that are in a, a place um, associated with Grand Central. I have to see if I have some photos to share of that. But um, at any rate, I, I don't go past that little building 
on Hollywood Boulevard without thinking of my mother. And I don't go through downtown Los Angeles. And I had a client that kept me in LA for the better part of a year, a couple of years ago. And they were in downtown Los Angeles. And I can't help but think of my mother in that, that period of being right there. And, uh, and so that's why I, that's one of the reasons why I love this part of the park is it's very reminiscent of my mother's childhood. And it's reminiscent of my years growing up and vacationing in California. I grew up in Phoenix. I, I feel like I am in a Hollywood that never was, but is always kind of part of our, of our uh, paradigm of what we think Hollywood should look like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. One of the other things that I really love on Hollywood Boulevard is are the citizens of Hollywood. They've had Streetmosphere entertainers since the park's opening and they'll come down on their own little vehicles or they'll do their own little shows. And I think they're so entertaining. Some of the most talented people in comedy improv are work that, that gig. And, uh, and it's always fun to, to just stop and enjoy their, uh, shtick out in the street and and just seeing that and being part of it we were we were uh waiting in in for a night show right at the end of the street there in front of the theater and uh there was a a cast member there that had he was phenomenal at entertaining us for two hours because we wanted that specific spot and he told us where to stay and he's a cast member he's not an entertainer yeah, yeah. I, think I, his I, name I, is, I think his jeff. name is jeff yeah i think it's yeah. actually yeah. jeff most talented right people's there. name is, begins with jeff and um <laughs> and yeah the guy is truly uh he's a talent yeah. yeah yeah truly an amazing guy and he kind of orchestrates going on i've seen him do like family photos yeah. where he'll just gather the 100 people <laughs> around the street and stuff them together for a photo. Yeah, and and it's, it's just that. hilarious. He's given us some uh, beautiful stories about that, too. Um, you know, um, a lot of times uh, with Disney, you know, a lot of times uh, it's Make-A-Wish. Mm. And, um, and he's told some, he told actually a couple of tear, tear stories that were just beautiful. Because, you know, about these people that have come and it was only like a mom and a grandma, but yet they were taking family pictures, family photo. And next thing you know, they had everyone and then they had the photo pass people there and then they had leadership there. And it was just amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And uh, regretfully, this young child did not recover, but the parents loved it so much because it was a great memory for them. So, and that was down at the end of um, near Grauman's. Yeah. We were all lucky, I believe, to see Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Yes. Yes. Right before uh, the parks closed for COVID, uh, we saw, we went to Mickey and Minnie's, and it's about time Mickey and Minnie got their own gig. Let me tell you. (laughs) I mean. Okay. And I just want to go on record. That's the biggest lie ever told by Imagineering. Mickey's had gigs. (laughs) Mickey, on day one of Disneyland, had the Mickey Mouse Theater. When they opened Walt Disney World, he had the Mickey Mouse Review. He had his own land called Mickey's Toontown and Mickey's Toontown Fair and Mickey's Birthday Land. And Mickey (laughs) Mickey has has not been ignored over the years. 
<laughs> the we fact bought- that we have not attached a ride yeah. vehicle to his to his name that remains to be seen. But um, but no, it uh, it is uh, it's uh, it it's is a-, a great ride. I enjoy the ride. It's I enjoy being indoors. I love I love the Chinese theater and the architecture and everything dripping from it. It is so beautiful. You love spending the day outside with all the footprints. I mean, I, yeah. again, as a kid, we, we, I think we did that once. And we went down and we saw, you know, the handprints and the footprints. And it was kind of interesting to see how many people are no longer with us that were there. And sometimes, uh, and I've been told that there are prints there that they are only there. They're not at the real Grommets. Oh yeah, definitely. Disney did a thing for many years in order to get people to come to the park, they would have star of the day and they would have reasons for celebrities to come. And if a celebrity was in town, they hosted them and did either um, a, uh, a footprint kind of experience or they would do a, a handprint. There are some over at um, Theater of the Stars where Beauty and the Beast is. There's some um, prints up there more related to television stars. But uh, yeah, that's a great little, it's a great little thing to just kind of meander through there and see all the different uh, star prints in, uh, in the cement. Mickey Mouse has his, his in there. I got a picture of Yeah, him. he does. And so does Minnie. And so does yeah. Minnie. So yep. get, you know, they, they ought to, they have the ride behind it. So, <laughs> so any highlights of the ride do you really like best? I like the way that you go in and you, and, and it's like you're going through a movie screen and then you walk out and, and it's, it's like you you're walking out through that same movie screen, even though you're not, you're walking out a different spot, but it feels like you're walking in and out through that same movie screen, like you did. Yeah, inter- sorry we yeah sorry we didn't do a spoiler alert on that puppy. But the truth is, <laughs> what I love about walking out, like you said, is as you begin to walk out, you see the screen, but you see everything backwards. Yeah, and then yeah. when you walk through the screen, you see it the way you know you would see it as a guest. So it's just little details like that make that attraction uh, wonderfully clever. Yeah. Um, love the train, love, love the color. Lots of the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love this. I love the song. Nothing can stop us now. Now, what a profound song <laughs> for a profound time in the Walt Disney Company. And yet here we are. Nothing can stop us now. The park is reopening. So so that's that's the great news. Going back around Echo Lake, you had mentioned Indiana Jones, which is uh, so terrific. Star Tours, also fantastic experience. Frozen, uh, uh, the Frozen sing along show. Clearly, sing along, Jeff. Oh, I do, I do. And and what's I tell you what moves me is I will try to get a seat toward the front and toward the side. And then I will turn around without being distracting and watch grown up people, grown up dads and, yeah. and husbands sing along. And it's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And again, the cast members that they have starring there, they are amazing. They are absolutely amazing. They have you in stitches the whole time. Amazing. Amen. Like, 
where's their show? And I'm not just talking about Frozen. You know, they, <laughs> amazing. No, I, I truly love that. Um, they added the Mickey Mouse Shorts Theater, which is just beautifully redone. Love that. Um, I can't. Uh, oh, we need to talk about we need to talk about eating because um, yeah, food. I, I do love Primetime Cafe and the peanut butter and jelly shake and watching favorite TV highlights. But I think you and I, uh, all three of us agree that our favorite restaurant at the studios and for me, I don't know about you, but for me in the entire Walt Disney World complex is the Brown Derby. Yeah. We discovered that last year on our anniversary. We went there and, um, and it was amazing. Rick, why don't you go ahead and tell the story? So we, we went in there and, and we'd heard about this famous Cobb salad. And we thought, well, that sounds pretty healthy, actually. And so, um, well, it sounds healthy. Yeah, sure. And um, so we ordered. It's Disney. Cup. Everything's healthy, right? <laughs> well, that's right. That's right. And and we were talking to the to the server and mentioned that we were celebrating our anniversary. And next thing we know, they're bringing us two flutes of champagne with chocolate-covered strawberries as a total surprise for us. And we're like, oh my gosh, how how cool is this? No, we don't drink uh, alcohol. So we started talking to the couple at sitting at the table next to us and lo and behold, they were celebrating their anniversary too. So they got our champagne and we ate at the strawberries. And it was <laughs> awesome. Yeah, great service there. Um, tenured service. Uh, it's just, uh, it, I, again, one of those moments you really feel like you are in Hollywood where you feel that, that Hollywood feeling. We took uh, Sherry's uncle and aunt that live in California, they came out to visit. And uh, she used to, her, Sherry's aunt used to go to the- uh, Original Brown Derby. The, the Original Brown Derby her with her mother. mother. Her mother, um, we always call her Grandma Virginia. We're not related to her, but she's mm -hmm. always been grandma, right? Right. Um, she, Grandma Virginia, she, um, she would go like once a month. She, she and her daughters, they'd go to the Brown Derby in Hollywood. And so, and, and it was her thing in the day. So yeah. it was a great memory and thing for her. So it was yeah. really cool. Very, very good. Um, what, well, we're here. We might as well go down Sunset Boulevard while we're on this corner. That reminds me a little bit of, um, I don't know, it kind of reminds me of Alavera Street in, in Los Angeles. And not, I mean, not the, it's not very, Alavera Street is Hispanic. Yes. But it, it has that ambience, that feel. Did you with, ever do the farmer's market much in Los Angeles? That's what I was going to say. It's kind of that farmer's market, Olivera Street feel, right? And, right. And, uh, and the orange crates, you know, I, I just, it, again, it just reminds me of California. And, yeah. you know, you've got the restaurants and, and my favorite is, um, what is it called? Ever After Fairy Tale store the fairies um with all the foofy clothes i call it the, the purse store <laughs> <laughs> lots of disney purses the, the dooney with the pandora the, the and, store yeah that has been redone with the pandora theme yes and has very high it is beautifully done though it is yeah. tell you, many of these stores have been recently redone and they are they're impressive in their design and and layouts so very cool I am um, a big, big, big fan of the Tower of Terror. 
And um, when I was with the Disney Institute, I created a field experience where we came and would tour the Tower of Terror before opening, park opening. And we took the guests um, to experience this attraction. And our host was a man named T.J. Wellard, who I believe is still there. And, and if, if you've seen many of the commercials, you'll see T.J. because he has this very um, bizarre expression, facial expression. He's just a, a tremendous actor and um, he loves to play up that kind of um, very strange kind of look and feel for that attraction. But I, I love the entire cast of Tower of Terror. They do a tremendous job there. That attraction is truly um, the most clever kind of attraction ever built. I remember the first day we went on it, uh, I was blown away when our elevator came out of the elevator, you know, which is really a ride vehicle separate of the um, uplift, uploading. Which I don't think the Disneyland one does that. No, it's a totally different system at Disney California Adventure. Um, you actually do go back and forth uh, in and out, but it doesn't have that same feel. This is a very different design as you go through the fifth dimension we threw. And it's, it's incredibly clever. And when you get to the drop lift, it's just, it, I, I giggle for how, how scared I feel every time I do it. And uh, I, I've walked up, I've actually had the privilege of actually even going up into the motor room, which sits at the top of the very, the very top of the tower. And then from there, we went up to the roof. This was before um, 2000 and they made some changes with the millennial village and some concerns with security back then. But we had a chance to go up and the view from the top of the Tower of Terror overlooking Disney's Hollywood Studios on one side and then World Showcase and Crescent Lake and the Boardwalk and the Swan and Dolphin and Yacht and Beach. It was a stunning, stunning, beautiful image. And I just have these really great memories of that. And uh, so at any rate, will anything else you want to celebrate on Sunset Boulevard? Well, you can't leave there without going to see Fantasmic. So, I mean, Fantasmic's right off there. Yeah, and yeah, let's talk, let's talk about Fantasmic. That is my all-time favorite night show. Now, there's a lot of really good night shows uh, at Disney World, and I love a lot of the fireworks shows and the, uh, especially the Star Wars uh, at, at, at Disney Studios. But to go and sit... And that's one of the differences between Fantasmic in Florida and Fantasmic at Disneyland in California mm -hmm. is you actually get to sit in a in an amphitheater type setting in a stadium, and uh, and it's it's my favorite show. I videotaped the whole thing multiple times. I love. I used to love. Now my wife doesn't let me do that anymore. We used to love to sit on the front row, right dead center, where we would get wet you know when the water comes out well, and my son uh, preston still wants me to do that so now i have somebody to take preston to fantasmic this, yeah, this, is, yeah. this is incredibly great news let me tell you i'm so happy 
<laughs> we yeah. pick them up at Sherry, <laughs> Sherry, let Rick know that we'll be at the Hollywood uh, Brown Derby when we're done. <laughs> Sounds like a deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, also by sitting back, you get to see everything. You know, you get to see the whole um the whole show you know for myself i kind of get a little tunnel vision when i'm sitting so close up front and when you sit back you get to see everything there was one time that we saw this show and it was not good weather and they had a few hiccups and the it, it really made me appreciate how many people how many parts of this there are that is that show has so many moving parts and so many people that it takes to put that thing on it's just uh it's amazing and 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 the vast majority even when it's even with the hiccups it was fantastic uh but it just made me appreciate it even much, that much more seeing you know if if a spotlight doesn't uh shine on the boat right at the right time it, all those split second things that they have to do over and over and over. I um I also had a chance to do the backstage area as a cast member and to get underneath the island in a number of places, including the costuming area. And don't quote me on this, but it seemed to me that as I stared at the bell costume, which is stunningly gorgeous beyond anything else, um, bell dresses in anywhere else. Um, I, it seems to me that the price tag was thirty thousand on that, that dress, and, and was that all? Yeah, really. And and they, of course, everything has to have a double to it um, in case something you know suddenly you know rips or you know tears or gets smudged or something. So, but the the attention to detail at at the large scale of that show. And by the way, Beauty and the Beast has been around for since the movie came out. I actually saw it before there was Sunset Boulevard. And then they, it was right there, kind of next to the Brown Derby. The, the, the street hadn't been built behind it. It was just kind of a little theater there. And then they moved it to what was the Backlot Theater, which is kind of near where um, Muppets is. And, uh, and then they moved it to Sunset Boulevard. And um, it, it's always, it's always got a tender little spot for me, um, especially the closing number is those costumes. Everything is just really incredible. Um, so I love that. Uh, I, I also want to say Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy is not the best show, but if you haven't seen it, I won't say it's the best show, but I will say it's actually one of the best animatronics out there that car really comes to life yeah. in an amazing way and just to kind of see how it does its thing is is worth it the fact that you have air conditioning to go with it that's a good thing too and by the way we we're talking about los angeles i never could get i never could get um uh rock and roller coaster because you go into a parking lot garage and it was so un-Hollywood in my view. It was just this parking lot garage. Well, as I mentioned, I had this client in downtown Los Angeles and I swear if my parking lot garage did not look like this location every day when I had to go park there, 
And it made me appreciate suddenly this is as Los Angeles as he can get as a parking <laughs> lot garage. And, uh, and so even now I go into Rocky Roller Coaster and go, oh my goodness, even here there are, you know, things that remind me of LA. Let's go back through the uh, studio arch. Um, and we head down what has been uh, referred to as Mickey Avenue over the years. Um, it's, um, and it used to kind of join in with Pixar Avenue, which became an incredible kind of place uh, over time. And then we had the animation courtyard because there used to be an animation tour back in there, actually used to start the backstage tour in that courtyard. But here we have um, Voyage of the Little Mermaid and, uh, but, I really want to just talk about Walt Disney Presents. Uh, I love the memorabilia. Much of it is replicated. It's not authentic memorabilia, but it is very much a museum piece. Um, and I love the history and the tales it tells about Walt Disney. And while usually they're running previews and not the Walt Disney story, I still, or one man's dream story is what it's referred to. Uh, it was originally called uh, the, the Walt Disney Story, but uh, back in the 70s, that's how much I am dated. But, um, but I love Walt Disney Presents. Anything that strikes you about that little exhibit? It's, it's a great place to chill out for a little bit and still literally with a little bit of air conditioning in Florida in summer um, or when it's raining to get in from the there and and still have some of the magical part of Disney because you get to go through and see all that history and um, it, it, it really makes you appreciate Walt Disney and sometimes I think we forget that Walt Disney World Walt Disney was his name yeah. And we've come to think of it as this gigantic uh, company. Enterprise. Enterprise. And yet this was one man that started this. It also allows you to see how talented he really was as an individual. I mean, the things he created, um, the, I, I love the, um, they have something in there that talks about the multi-layers. I don't know exactly what it's called. You know, how they started doing moving pictures, which, you know, I found, I found was really interesting. And it makes you really it makes you really appreciate how far technology has come and what they've accomplished and what he did um, way back when. It's, it's, it's an amazing, it's amazing. I love going in there. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a museum, like you said. And yeah. If you just take the time and you read the little placards that are near there, you can learn quite a bit. We're jumping around a little bit, but let's go to Toy Story Land. Any highlights there for you? Well, I've, I've done all of the rides. I've done Slinky Dog once and I laughed the whole time. I giggled, I laughed the whole time. It was just, I just found it funny. I don't know, I, it was fun. I just giggled the whole time. I love, the, I the love the theming is yeah. amazing. I, it's just amazing when you go, you know, talk about nostalgia, right? You go and you see these Hasbro, and, and, you know, all these things, like, you know, the, the, the um, barrel of monkeys and, you know, and, and just everything that the, the lights, it's just amazing. It's, a, it's amazing. Usually. Yeah, the, the correct people, title for this land is, honey, I blew up the toy closet. 
<laughs> That's perfect. Because it looks like our toy closet, doesn't it? You can, you it can look at things and say, I have that. I have that. Yeah. Yeah. And and usually we're, we don't, truthfully, I don't think we've spent as much time as we probably to really appreciate it. It's mostly been a drive-by, oh, that's cool, or that's cool. Um, Talk but, about a place to take pictures. I looked on my phone, and, and you know, on the Apple phone, you can, you can do it by, by location, right? So I look at it. I have 500 pictures on my phone just from inside Hollywood Studios. Yeah. And, and I was reviewing those today. I'm looking through those. And there's so many places in Toy Story. You, you want to take a picture of everything. You do. You really do. And I and it's a whole different feel at night. I yeah. love how it just lights up with the Christmas lights um, and and everything else, the neon from uh, it, it's just it is stunningly beautiful at night. And it's and uh, it's its own little land. I've been to Toy Story Land in Hong Kong and um, and then there's also one in Shanghai and one in Disneyland Paris. I think we have the best one. And I, I quite like it. I'm looking forward to the new barbecue restaurant, which is opening near the, the entrance, uh, just to have a little bit more. I love Toy Story Mania because it's indoors, but I love a little bit more indoors and not feel, I, I feel like one of the things that's kind of missing is there's not a good solid retail presence that's indoors. Um, but it is, it is a, um, it's a great land and Slinky Dog Dash is just fun. Rick, just fun. Rick loves the, uh, the, the Toy, Toy Story, Story Mania. Mania. That is in my top 10 favorite attractions in all of Disney World. And me, I just feel I like just I have so my fun. carpal tunnels like gets inflamed. <laughs> <laughs> We uh, we will be sending you uh, some ointment as a, <laughs> as a thank you for your participation today. Okay, I'm flipping sides over. You can see what we're saving for last. Anybody knows that? But let's go over to Grand Avenue. Um, I I could not have been. Did you guys see the preview for the new Muppets show no, coming no. on Disney Plus? Oh my goodness! There is this. Um, legal Muppet, this lawyer who is a Muppet, uh, or a Muppet who is a lawyer, and it's about as funny as it can be. And I just think when Muppets get it right, it's just the funnest thing in the world. I think that Muppet 3D is one of those places where they get it right. I and love that show. It's, it, again, takes me back to childhood, right? You know, watching the Muppet show and, and, <laughs> They can get away with a lot of things that are not politically correct in the in their script because they're Muppets. They're Muppets. <laughs> that is so they true. They say things that if we said it as humans, people wouldn't take too kindly to us. Um, but um, it's a it's very fun. And Jim, talk about another talent. Jim Henson, yeah. you know, a, another huge talent um, right yeah. there. Um, the uh, and I I'm mostly attractions. I, I border around a, having seen all of them about a hundred times, if they've been around at least 20, 25 years. Um, this is no less than that. And it was so funny last year, I, uh, my youngest son was in his phase of wanting to not only see Muppets, but sit in a particular given chair on the front row. 
when the doors opened. And so I was sitting there one, and it's not a, by the way, if you really want to see a good 3D show, go see it about three quarters of the way back. That's where your eyes and your 3D goggles work best. But, but, um, but he insisted on being in the front row and I was sitting there and for the first time ever, I noticed that, that arrows shot by the, um, the Indian doll Muppet during the finale scene when everything goes awry, gets shot into the exterior of the booth where the two Muppet, Waldorf and the other guy, are sitting. And all of a sudden you look around and there are these arrows sitting, <laughs> point, uh, having been shot into, into the um, balcony there. And I'm thinking, God, I have seen this so many times. And now I am finally seeing that there are arrows that have been stuck into this balcony. I had never noticed this before. And so that's just what I love um, is when I see that they have those moments where I see something, I go, how is it? I have never seen this before after so many visits. People ask us all the time, don't you get sick of going to Disney World? And I go, oh my gosh. We walk around almost virtually every time we go and we go, well, there's a first. Well, there's a first. Oh, never done that before. Never seen that before. Never ate there before. We, there's so many firsts. You just, it, you never get tired of it. People, you know, it's a little bit like asking the question, don't, wouldn't you get tired of going to the Louvre or to um, the National Art Gallery or some great museum, Smithsonian of some sort? And, and the answer for me is that the Disney parks represent one of the greatest exhibitions of collective artistry from, from signage to animation to animatronics to sound design to you know, every, to, to horticulture, there is this combination of thousands of talented artists all putting together their craft to create this one show, ride, whatever it may be, restaurant. And it's, to me, the brilliance of that is what keeps me coming back. Because to see it come together, to become one, you know, you've seen great pieces of art where one artist drew a painting. But when you take something like, and I'll, we're at the Muppets, like the Muppet Show, and you think about the number of people who it took to create not just the film, but the animatronics that go with it, the special effects, the theater, the, the foyer, all that goes into that enterprise. And yet it is one it is one piece of art under the name of Disney, yeah. or in this case, maybe Jim Henson. That's, that's the brilliance of that. And I never get tired seeing how those pieces come together to create, create that one whole. And by the way, it's fascinating when you take out one of those pieces, like taking out a piece in a Jenga puzzle, you know, it, it, almost, it almost doesn't seem right. Mm -hmm. right. You have to have all those pieces together to make it work. And when it, it works together, it is, 
it is truly a spectacular thing. And Disney theme parks do that better than any other artistic enterprise in the entire world. That's my thinking on that. Amen. Thank you. Put your hand on that theme park. And be <laughs> All right. Got to mention Mama Melrose's Love It. Got to mention a sci-fi drive-in. So crazy, <laughs> clever concept. Love it, love it, love it. Um, now drive-ins are all the rage now. See, Disney yeah. <laughs> had their time. Yeah, I, I heard. I heard Walmart was going to start doing drive-ins. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm thinking that's not the same as going to the sci-fi drive-in. Why? Why is it not the same? Hmm. We'll have to do another podcast on that to discern the difference. great milkshakes at the at the sci-fi. Yeah. So now we move down Grand Avenue into uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And uh, I am heading there day after tomorrow, which will be the same day as this premieres. Um, This is the one thing I have looked forward to the most. Uh, Out of all the things that have opened, and yet it's brand new, and I can't quite put a finger on it, I couldn't quite understand it when I was at D23. Uh, now, now it's been five years when it was announced. Five years ago, I was with my son, Braden, and I wasn't doing really well in health. And I know you, Rick, and I, we do a lot of running and a lot of exercise to try to, to keep us going. Um, and I remembered sitting there and thinking, am I even going to be around when this opens up in four years? Hmm. And uh, the day I took my son, Braden, uh, there was a really special day for me, as was the day I was out at Disneyland for its opening. Um, and for the opening here, I was there at five o'clock in the morning, the, the, the morning it opened. And the morning it opened, uh, Rise of the Resistance, I was there. Um, this, this is, a fantastic land. And I'm not the world's biggest Star Wars fan, although Mandalorian has forced me to reconcile that maybe I should be, because <laughs> I love Mandalorian. Yeah. And although you don't really see Mandalorian here per se, but but uh, tell me, tell me for you, give me those couple little places where you want to be to re-experience Star Wars Galaxy's Edge when it reopens. Well, let me, let me tell you, the first time I experienced uh, Rise of the Resistance, it was with you. And we went back, I think, about a week later and did it again. And, and it wasn't the same without me, was it? No, it wasn't. <laughs> Just kidding. So it, this, Star Wars Galaxies, it is like the, oh, my gosh. This is incredible. This is beyond anything I'd ever experienced at any Disney park. I got on my text messaging. I texted everybody I know. So you got to come up here and see this. This is the most incredible thing. And um, I don't want to give anything away, but it is. It, it is not. It, it's not a ride. It's an experience. It's like being in the movie. 
in a movie. And, and it, I think it reignited my interest in the movies while during this sh shutdown for Corona. I uh, May the 4th be with you, right? Guess what we did? All day on the 4th of May, we watched all the Star Wars movies. We were inspired to do that from Rise of the Resistance. So we my, love it. My wife would never allow me to do that, largely because that's our, the day of our anniversary. Oh. <laughs> and, 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 our, and our anniversary came long before they came up with the concept of fourth, yeah, may the fourth be with you, but, uh, but uh, it does inspire you to go back. But going back to your point on Rise of the Resistance, um, it is, uh, it is um, an amazing uh, experience. It is, it is more than a ride. It's several rides when you get down to the technicality of it. Um, I have stated that Pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland and Tokyo Disneyland, not Walt Disney World, but Pirates of the Caribbean and those other two parks are my favorite, but it's only because I've lived a lifetime. I've lived five decades with Pirates of the Caribbean. So it's been part of my life. So for this new attraction to come in and take number two is, is not a small thing because, but, but it is not a small thing as an attraction. It's a huge thing. Right. And it is my favorite thing when I take folks like you on it is I, and spoiler alert here, but when you get off the first ship and you are on the Star Destroyer, right. I like to capture the face of people when the doors open and they are astonished that the very doors they came into are the very doors they're coming out of and it's not the same place that they entered in right. from it is a it is a totally different world and that is a stunning reveal that is truly one of the most Unbelievable! It is right up there when you come down the when you come down the falls or at, at Disneyland when you head through the grotto and you suddenly emerge to the pirate ships battling. It is that, and you're my goodness, you know, you are in the Caribbean with Pirates of the Caribbean. This is even at the, a bigger level when Which you see really the stormtroopers, when you see space, you see it out beyond. You're in that docking bay. Yeah, go on. Well. And, and part of that ride and that ship also is, again, going back to the details. I, I love the details of everything, you know, looking at the little things. You know, if you look out the windows, the scenery changes out the back right. window. You know, everybody's focused on, yes, the front on that first yeah. ship. Yeah, everyone's focused on what's going on in the front because you need to. But if you and if you but if you look around, they have windows and the scenery changes. And it's pretty amazing. It's one of those things that, you know, they didn't have to do that. You could, why couldn't you just, you know, put a wall, have a, put a wall, but it's amazing to the, the, those little details. And beyond that, if it's daytime, when you went into that ship, it remains daytime in the scene until you go to space. If it's nighttime, it's nighttime as you, as you leave Batu and go into space. So yeah. that's another little moment of detail where you go, Oh, heavens, I know somebody just was a little overwhelmed when they said, yeah, we have to do it this way. 
<laughs> I just can imagine the person goes, oh, that just killed the budget. You just doubled the budget right there, buddy. And, you know? and it's, it, I think it covers every age group. I mean, we've gone on it now. We see the, the wow factor for the little kids to the teenagers to adults to older people. And everybody, whether you know Star Wars or don't know Star Wars, couldn't care less about Star Wars, everybody just loves it. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Um, and yeah, you can't help but be blown away by the ride vehicles, by, by the animatronics, the cast by, by the film, the, the cinema aspect of, yes, the, the, thank you for mentioning the cast members who play such a great role in that. Um, and then they're free to play that role. Um, Scott Trowbridge, he, uh, the first day I went there and I had a, a business group with me and I, and they wanted to do, I said, I said it, their trip and I, I took them to do a business program to talk about best business practices. And I said, now on this day is when Rise of the Resistance opens. That means we have to get up at a very early hour if you want to write on. You don't have to, I'll be here forever afterwards and I'll go do it whenever I want to. But if you want to do it, we have to do it this way. And they agreed and we managed to get on by 10 a.m. that morning. And, um, and when I got off Scott Trowbridge, who was over building both of those, happened to be there and, and I happened to know who he was. I came over to him and I said, I said, you have, this is superlative for all the people who questioned and doubted because it was delayed beyond the opening of the rest of the land. You, you have surpassed expectations. And, you, and the smile on his face was just, was just great. We took a little photo, maybe I'll include it in the show notes page. I'm thrilled I had that window to say thank you because truly you had to believe in something in order to get that thing to where it was going to work. And there's so much more we haven't covered about this, right? We don't want to give it all away, but oh my goodness, I cannot imagine going to Walt Disney World and not doing Rise of the Resistance. No. It just would be a miss. Right. Um, what else about the whole Galaxy's Edge experience? We, I loved, we went there and had breakfast. Well, if you get there early in the morning, depends upon the time of year, going into the Millennium Falcon, uh, and you can, if you're at the right time of day, and you can see the sun rising mm. up over uh, the, the landscape of the, of, the, of the land. And that is so cool. And especially if you're in the, in the line queue in the, to the Millennium Falcon and you look out the windows and you, I've got pictures of, of the sunrise coming up over the Millennium Falcon. And it's, it's just, it's really, really cool. The whole rock work makes it so immersive. You feel like you were on a different planet. And, well, and the yeah. fact that they have the, uh, the fighter jets or the, you know, going over you, you know. Yes, the sound it, effects like you're in an effect. airfield. Yes, it's, it's just. It's, and the stormtroopers walking through and interacting uh, in character with everybody. It, it's, that's, that's always a big When Darth Maul steps off of his ship and starts walking around, it's, it's, it's a hoot to see how people respond and react. And uh, 
there, oh my goodness, there's so many. My daughter gave me a copy of one of the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge comic books. Uh, didn't even know this quite existed. And so I've been poring over it to see the details and backstories that are in this land that I had no idea. I am dying to get over to Doc Ondars because there's a whole nother show going on in Doc Ondars. I didn't realize he's off to try to get the sword. It is, there is apparently a memorial to his parents outside. It's either a grave or a memorial to his parents outside the, the shop. It's just a whole bunch of crazy stuff going on in this land that is just, again, they didn't just, oh, this would be a cute thing to put here. They really thought through the storylines and the experiences and they're not gonna make themselves apparent. I've been there dozens of times since it's open dozens of times. And I'm still sorting through different new details as I walk through it. But that's what I love about this. It's, it's, you just feel like you're opening up another little gift every time you go in there and you see something new you as you go like through. You like the blue milk? You know, I do like the blue milk. I do too. It, I thought it was gonna taste like milk, <laughs> but it doesn't taste like milk. It's awesome. So I, um, this is, this is my moment and I'm not sure how it works because the park doesn't stay open late now that it's reopening. But uh, you mentioned sunrise after dark when these mountains take on a blue hue. Uh, I am, I'm in a new world. It is, it's, it is, is you have to come back uh, to me. I'd skip the fireworks and Fantasmic and go see this place after dark. It's so amazing. And where I will be on Wednesday night at closing is I will be sitting at Ronto's on the patio with my blue milk and just taking it all in. And that's, that's my happy place. That's where I'm, that's where I'm heading. And, um, this, I, I, if I'm good to myself, I'll get the salad, which is really, really good next door. If not, I'll get the Ronto wrap. <laughs> but one way or the other, I'll have my blue milk either way. And yeah, yeah, this is, this is an amazing attraction and so many levels. And I am so grateful it is part of Disney's Hollywood Studios. Any other things you want to celebrate about what is your favorite thing about the park well i like the fact that it's easy parking <laughs> I mean, that might sound like a little thing but it's really nice you can go, get in and out of that park really pretty easily uh, i'll pretty do a funny. yes and to that and say skyliner skyliner yes love to grab this guy in fact sometimes we <laughs> It, especially with Epcot construction, we've been parking over at the studios, taking the Skyliner over to World Showcase and enjoying the evening there that way and then backing out that way. Because the, the, whole, the whole trudge through Future World at this point and then past Spaceship Earth and the entrance and then through the parking lot, which is not really, the tram doesn't really help you that much. It's just... <laughs> It's just, I mean, it's great if you want to finish out a marathon, but if you are just 
<laughs> trying to get back to your car, go take the Skyliner. Because we'll, we'll manage to park not far from the Skyliner, and then it just steps away once we step off. Now, with all the changes, I don't know if that's a, that's a realistic thing moving forward, at least and for a time being. But so that's what we love doing. That's a great idea. They ask about those Skyliners. Oh, well, aren't they hot? No. I mean, we've been on them during the day when it's sunny, 85 degrees, 90 degrees yeah. outside, and the, the air is going through. They're really quite comfortable. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all great. And, and uh, I've stopped and done breakfast or lunch over at the Riviera Resort. We've done dinner over at Sebastian's at Disney's Grand uh, at Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort. Uh, we've gone over to the Animation Resort on that Skyliner yep. and, and grabbed a meal there. Um, so there's, it's just a lot of fun ways to kind of make a day or an evening of it. And I hope, hopefully all those pieces will come back together very soon and we can, we can be doing all of that together. Um, all right. I think we have, uh, done a good job of covering Disney's Hollywood Studios. I just have one more thing to share, and that is to our readers. Um, if you keep track of my site, disneyatplay.com, and especially disneyatwork.com, you know that I've written five books over the years. And one of those books is Disney's Hollywood Studios, From Showbiz to Your Biz. And of all my books, uh, this is my favorite because of all the things we shared. There are stories in here. So where does that boat on Echo Lake come from? And what's the thing about Gertie? And what is um, uh, what, what is significant about the architecture at the entrance? and the gas station, what's, what's that all about? And the Carthay Circle Theater at the end of, of, um, of uh, Sunset. And there are stories that you cannot find anywhere else. That book is available on Amazon right now. If you go there, you can buy a used copy for $270 because somebody bought a copy and sold it. You know what? I should take one of my copies and go sell it. I could make $100 off of six copies. Um, <laughs> just right now, I don't know what, well, I've, I've wanted to keep my original version, so I still have about 10 copies. But I'm here to announce today that we are going to republish a second edition of Disney's Hollywood Studios from Showbiz to Your Biz. The challenge with the original uh, book is that the studios has changed significantly since I wrote it back in 90, uh, 2000, uh, something, 13, I want to say, 2014. And the park has changed. There's no studio backlot tour. There's no New York Street. Um, I have a great story about the Golden Girls in this book which by the way, you can get on the podcast. If you'll find the podcast, what it, uh, it talks about the Golden Girls and teamwork on, um, at, uh, on the uh, Millennium Falcon. And I know that just sounds like the weirdest title. And because it's the weirdest title, it's probably been one of my least downloaded. It's actually one of my best stories about the Golden Girls. 
And, uh, and the guy who wrote the song, thank you for being a friend. There's a whole story there. There's a whole, the whole bunch of stuff. There's stories about um, the woman who wrote Big Business and, and Michael Eisner and Jeffrey Katzenberg and the people who have defined the Walt Disney Company for years. Stories going all the way back to Walt's early years um, to the present. And I'm adding more stories now with Toy Story Land and with um, uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So I had hoped by this podcast to announce that it was now available, but it has been crazy over the last couple of months with some work projects. So it will probably be another few months before we will announce it to everyone. In the meantime, if you want to do yourself a favor, and if you really want to get into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, then your job, my friend, is to go and subscribe to either Disney at Work and or Disney at Play.com, either of those websites, because when you subscribe to that website, you get a free copy of the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, um, a complete guide. And I promise you, there is no other guide as complete as this. I mean, it goes on and on, gives you tips for visiting Disney's Hollywood Studios, which we're going to update uh, probably in a few days after we reopen that park, But and tips for visiting Disneyland. It goes into all the entertainment, all the food and beverage, all the retail, into the whole of Rise of the Resistance, the whole of Smuggler's Run, the whole of the vicinity, the games, the activities, the language, the everything, the stories, history, Everything and anything is covered. We have unique interactive maps on here. So please, we invite you to subscribe to disneyatwork.com and or disneyatplay.com. Uh, what happens when you give us your email address? Well, then we send you a notice every week or two saying, here's the latest and greatest articles of what's on Disney at Work, Disney at Play. But other than that, we leave you alone. We just want you to take advantage of the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge a complete guide. So be doing that. In a few months, we'll announce Disney's Hollywood Studios from Showbiz to Your Biz, second edition. Rick and Sherry, thank you for joining us this evening. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Been thank lots you for of the fun. Opportunity. And thank you to all of our listeners. We appreciate your faithfulness. We appreciate you sharing it with others. And, and uh, we move on move on hopefully through this crazy period but move on to do great things and as i always finish at the end of our podcast in the words of sinbad's storybook voyage always follow the compass of your heart have a great day see you again soon